that was those those things are dirty, but also we've been getting a cat litter that has an odor to it that smells oh, almost odors. like it smells like cat cat shit. piss. Great, oh. it's not a great. There's odor. no cat shit because the dog eats it all. Oh. No, there's cat shit in there. Oh god, that's disgusting. It Does that really disgusting. happen? Yeah. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast, your weekly podcast that delivers a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. You are listening to episode 33, which is going to cover 3201 to the 33-minute mark, and this is the first of two blood-curdling bookends to the Halloween (laughs) holiday. One, the one you're listening to right now, broadcast before Halloween, and one after. So you, listener, have two weeks of Halloween hijinks to look forward to. I'm your host, Aaron, and uh, I'm here with my co-hosts. I am Ravenous Ryan. (laughs) Very good. I like your Halloween Halloween nickname. That's right. Do you have a Halloween nickname? Well, I'm Creepy Caleb. (laughs) Damn it. I didn't come up with one. I'm Asshole Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, okay, guys, this is the first of two Halloween episodes who is your singular most spine-tingling transformer, in your opinion? Your most abominable Autobot or your most dreadful Decepticon? Um, I mean, the pretend the Decepticon pretenders are all pretty <laughs> weird looking. But then we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The uh, the what they were formerly the Sparkabots or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Those monster like goofy looking oh, things. The monster bots. Yes, there's right up there the the beaver looking dude. Right, right, right. <laughs> Caleb, do you have a, a, a pony in this race? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I've I've said it before. I'm I'm all shockwave all the time. Oh, okay. So that's the answer for everything. Yeah, but I mean, he has a he has a face like no other transformer. It's it's it's, it's, it's like a weird lot. Light. He's terrifying more in that. He has no face uh, in that. Uh, like what's that Stanley Kubrick movie, Shining Space. Oh, two thousand one. Yeah, he's scary in the two thousand one kind like of Dave. Way. Yeah. Like Dave. I can't do no, that. No, not Dave. Dave. Not Dave, but... Uh, yeah, the, the Howl. Howl, yeah. I was just going to go with the Terracons. Yep. I liked... I had I had several <laughs> of the Terracons. Never enough to make Abominus. Is that, was it Abominus? I think so, yeah. yeah. I think I could make Abominus. Damn it, I wish I had my toys from childhood. <laughs> <laughs> so, last episode recap. Megatron and crew were zombified, then all together Frankenstein. Yes, modified, but not monsterfied. That was great. So it was like a, it was it was a, a little rap. Yeah, a little. It was a Halloween rap. <laughs> so we used to have Megatron, Skywarp, T-Crack, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Insecticons. We now have Galvatron, Scourge, Cyclonus, the Sweeps, and Armada, and let's not forget... It never shows up again. ...banging ass ship to carry them mm-hmm. in. Right. And it's variable, like, I, later in the, sh- in the movie and in the show, it's variable as to how many there are. Like, there are a lot more sweeps that show up. Just because it's five, it's only five that get altered. Well, and then just, I mean, sweet six and seven. That indicates there's at least seven, seven. of them, <laughs> unless they just do a wacky number ordering. Uh, so we ended that minute with Unicron giving the order to go destroy the Matrix. And then we get to hear Galvatron speak for the first time. His mm-hmm. voice has changed. He proclaims that he's going to rip open Ultra Magnus or any other Autobot until 
The Matrix is destroyed. He's down to clown. <laughs> the first time we hear Leonard Nimoy in the movie. That's right. How do you guys feel about Nimoy versus Welker? Or interpretations? And maybe we should well, and I, play some Welker to uh, compare. Um, I will say that I saw this movie after, as I mentioned before, I saw this after um, I had already seen season three. Um, and so Galvatron's voice was pretty much, you know... Uh, ensconced in my mind and um, hearing like the um, like deeper less harsh voice of Leonard Nimoy uh, was kind of jarring um, so yeah. it was like um, like whenever uh, in se- in season four, whenever Aunt Viv is just straight up another woman in Fresh <laughs> Prince, I'm like this is weird, different. So here, I, I, since I pulled this up, we'll just go through it here real quick. Frank Welker. You insolent organics! You failed in your mission. Show them what you discovered, Ratbat. The Autobots have shut down the master generator. Without a source of power, the anti-electrons you planted there have vaporized! He definitely doesn't sound like Megatron. No. We'll rip open Ultra Magnus and every other Autobot until the Matrix has been destroyed. To Cybertron! So it's definitely more gravelly. And raspy, yeah. Lower. Deeper, yeah. Yeah, deeper register. I mean, it's hard for me not to... I respect both of their abilities. If I had to choose, I would go with Nimoy just because it's A, it's Nimoy. He's awesome. And I do like the lower voice. To me, it's less annoying (laughs) than than Welker's version. Um, I would say that I, I think, and again, this might be because I just knew that, like, for me, Galvatron's voice is the Welker voice, and, um, sure. uh, I do think it, it fits better, like, because he's done by the same person, yeah, um, but I, I like, agree. I like Leonard Nimoy's take on it. Yeah, I agree. I, I will say that I do agree with you there, that it, it, it's more in line with, the Welker voice for Galvatron is more in line with his past as Megatron. And it connects him to Megatron a little bit. It is interesting because also, though, like it just speaks to how good Frank Welker is. Because as a kid, I, I never connected those two voices being done by the same person at all. Yeah, me either. I think I like Nimoy's take, but it's more flat to me as a sure. character I development piece. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's less dynamic. Right, right. I but I, I think they both have their place. And hell, if we, if the uh, sort of scenario we invented in the last episode where he didn't tr- become Galvatron didn't become truly crazy until after mm-hmm. Unicron is destroyed then it just makes sense the voice might be more manic yeah but sure anyway okay so Galvatron does something I don't know that we at, at this point I don't know that we've ever seen before yep. which is use his arm cannon as a sort of rocket propulsion mm-hmm. system and he flies over and I never noticed until this I think viewing the same point that he's standing yes. at the front of the ship yeah at, he's standing on the uh, the st- or the bow of the ship 32 14 I never noticed that he's just up there no, <laughs> yeah in all of his glory I mean he's doing a lot like he's doing a, like the propulsion for the arm cannon even though he can straight up fly um, he's it's it's he's very extra and like just showing off <laughs> sure it's literally standing on the I'm the king of the world right. the, <laughs> yeah so one thing about this that rings sort of weird to me uh, only in retrospect as an adult is he goes to Cybertron. And if I'm Unicron, I'd be like, no. 
<laughs> Wait, that's not where the Matrix is. <laughs> yeah. oh, what are you doing? I just gave, I just hooked you up with all this gear. Right. Right. Why are you going to Cybertron? <laughs> yeah. But we know, we figure out why. We know why. Right. But, but, but is, he doesn't. But Unicron doesn't have a dog in that. No. In that well, boat, in that what? And how's that go? Dog uh, in that what? Dog in maybe that uh, fight, but that's terrible. Okay. I look for a horse in this race. But, okay. but maybe that's. Then why uh, uh, Unicron then oh, says that's right. yeah as I, a rem- as a friendly reminder he does do a double tap uh, dis- yeah I thought uh, that destroy the Autobot uh, hey hey guys <laughs> d- d- uh, Matrix let's uh, try it <laughs> and don't forget destroy the I Autobot just I, I actually took it differently where I took it as like after as they're flying away Unicron if he had a face was just like looking down and just like yeah destroy the Matrix. <laughs> Just like muttering to himself. <laughs> well, it does come across as a, mu- as a mutter, mm-hmm. but um, I think it's more of a reminder. Like, hey. I will, I will get you and destroy the Autobot Matrix. <laughs> I will get you. This shot here is really great of the ship flying away from Unicron. You get a good sense of the scale of Unicron. That's yeah. thirty-two seventeen, right? And, and, and you get to see the sweeps and Cyclonus, not not the Armada, flying into the ship. No, as, it, that's never seen again. <laughs> right, right, and so. The the ship flies off. Uh, he gives the reminder that Caleb referred to. And destroy the robot matrix. <laughs> and then so around thirty two thirty, we are back on Cybertron. Mm-hmm. So looks like we actually have some of that residual from the uh, script deviations. Those are would you consider those uh, under those golden statues life sparks? Yeah, we're looking at a thirty two thirty, and it does seem like it's it is basically the Decepticon Hall of Heroes where they have statues, and beneath them there are these little lamps that have flickering purple images in them, and it uh, it does look like it's something that made it from the original script, and also like the Nuremberg style arena. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's a holdover. And then also, these statues are pretty cool. Like, especially, we're looking at 3232, um, the one that is second from the end. I, I just dig, like, the wings or whatever. Has, mm-hmm. He has Unicron's head. Oh, the one on the end? Yeah. Last I one? just think it's a And, you know, the weird thing, thing is, is there's not, a, there's not a statue on the final pedestal down oh, there. Oh, that's true. Maybe that's where Starscream goes, because he does have a pedestal in this, in the show. Oh, he, they do... When he becomes a ghost, he, he like, um, Octane is in there, and, uh, is, uh, like, his statue is gone. In this same place? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. So they, so even though Galvatron blasts him apart, they still have the, the respect to give him a, a, a tribute of sorts? I guess. I mean, you know, maybe it's like, um, uh... Of course, it's all necessary because of what... Happens to Starscream's uh, Starscream's character, mm-hmm. and that he becomes a, a ghost. Yes. Well, and is that the is that a holdover from the whole Life Spark idea? The the Life Spark. Mm-hmm. So I didn't notice until right now that these little sparks were yeah, spark like honestly I didn't either about until but I did notice the designs. I did assume I would never would have known this had I had had I not heard your version of the script, but. I did assume that this was a holdover from the Hall of Heroes, mm-hmm. and part of what, and I think I meant to go into this in the next episode a little bit more, but those designs, if you think about it, are very much more in line with the designs of the characters post-movie mm-hmm. than the, the characters pre-movie. Sure. So I could totally see how you could have had a Cyclonus statue or a Scourge statue and their statues got demolished and their sparks got released and they just became what they were. Yeah. Which makes me think, 
did the Decepticons in your version of the script look like uh, what they looked like when they were alive originally? Well, they never described them, so yeah. Like, were they reformatted or just sort of brought back to life? That's a good point. I mean, well, (laughs) I guess we can assume they're reformatted because Megatron was reformatted. Right. So I would think they changed. I, I don't know. All these designs are very Florodarius. Yes, they're very, very that. Like the one on the end with, like you said, Caleb, has Unicron-like head, also has very Scourge-like wings. Mm -hmm. Correct. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, you know, there was no backstory on those, so he could do whatever he wanted, you know. So, and... So, so before we get into uh, this sequence here, I just want to note that um, several attendees (laughs) of this ceremony seem out of place. Caleb, are you picking up on this? You picking up what we're throwing down? Uh, there appear to be some in- Insecticons there, mm-hmm. uh, which is doesn't make any sense. Uh, and there appears to be some of the uh, the uh, like Skywarp. Um, <laughs> Skywarp and Thundercracker. Just, yeah, just, just put me out of my misery. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, there's dead people here that shouldn't be here. Which, again, is probably a holdover from the script where Megatron's the only one who died. Um, uh, but also, there's a little coloring error where the Constructicons are gray instead right. of green. Sort of a pinkish, grayish hue. But, Caleb, there's your man. Look who's back. Shockwave. That's right. He took some time out for the ceremony. They let him come. Yeah. He didn't throw his hat in the ring. Or maybe he's kind of at the back. Maybe he was just like... He What's wasn't invited. On? He's just watching from afar. Well, hey, why are you guys? He's over? running. You know, he runs the. He's like the facilities manager, so he kind of has to be there just to make sure there's no like malfunctions in the lighting or anything <laughs> during the ceremony. He's probably helping provide the catering for the event. Sure. Right, so yeah, he has to be there. He's the, the facilities. The, the manager. inner John Crudite. Yeah. <laughs> So we see Astrotrain and Starscream starting at around 3236. Mm-hmm. And Astrotrain is attempting to crown him, but there's uh, ceremonial trumpets that kind of ruin the moment. Which is like, okay, let's talk about the trumpets for a second. One, why are there trumpets? Like, they're ple- like there's no, okay, just leaving aside, we're not even going to talk about the vacuum of space, but they're blowing into trumpets. Some of them don't have. "Quote unquote mouths." Oh, they're just holding them up to their face plates. And also, why are they like f- waving like the craziest like cartoon trumpets? Style. It's the weirdest choice. It's like Merry Melodies. It's like <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It's like uh, it's like late twenties, early thirties uh, Disney anime. Why don't they just have Soundwave play a fanfare? That's a good point. Well, it's it's humorous here. This is uh, uh, yeah. There's a life. joke coming up. Soundwave where... could also link into like a, a <laughs> video system to. and play some of the best moments of Starscream's history. Just it's, to kind of that's not bad. It's that playing in the background. <laughs> it's obviously uh, you know poking holes in the seriousness of uh, the ceremony. Right. Sure. Starscream wishes there was. Who has know. Starscream it's, has the hugest tits? In it's, this. Des- it's destroying. And look at this. Kind of t- I, I should say in the, the one thing about Starscream in this scene is that his lips actually have lips. They, at, least, mouth, at least for this moment. They, they do mouth, that intermittently. His yeah. mouth has lips. Uh, he's is, He looks just beefed up in this. Like his arms are bigger. He's I think yeah. he's got embellishments for his cape. I tried to look up uh, why he looks so different because there's a lot of different elements. Mm-hmm. His head is small. I think his shoulders are more broad. His arms are beefier. There's more dimension to his arms where 
a plane of his of his shoulder might have been a like just a square at one point. Yeah, and now, now it's, it's like, like edged off mm-hmm. and has more yeah. sort of uh, nuance to it. And like you said, his chest is giant, and it's shaped differently. Like normally, uh, those whatever you might call them holes <laughs> intakes are yeah. squarish, and they've also been giving more sort of angularity. Everything's at the octagonal. Corners. And uh, yeah. but just in general, his proportions are bigger, beefier. Maybe that is to indicate his status as leader. His I tried clout. to find any information that would lead to why his design changed so much for this scene, and I couldn't find anything. But I think the animators were just like, "Let's uh, whatever." I think it's I think it looks cool. It does. No, it does look yeah, great. I his hands it. look bigger and beefier. I think, and in my, I have a masterpiece Star Scream, and it comes with what they call the coronation set. And I think I've got him wearing it, actually. Yes, I do. And these shoulder pieces are like extra mm-hmm, pieces yeah. that snap on. I love so, the shoulder pads. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, I wish I had some insight would, into that. I assume they just did it to indicate his status as leader. Right. Like, whoever, maybe whoever would have become leader would have had a slightly bigger, better appearance. I don't know. Can, yeah. I, can I talk about the crown yet, or should I wait? Talk about it, sure. I mean, it's coming up. Oh, yeah. Also, well, before we do that, uh, that second we just saw, like, 3242, uh, where they, the Constructicons are, like, playing the trumpets, and then um, yes. Starscream uh, shouts them down and is like, get on with the ceremony. Fucking, I think it's a Mixmaster, looks crazy incensed. Like, he throws his arm up. <laughs> he played it. He is uh, having a fit of, like, I, this is my moment. I wanted to play this trumpet. He's the second from the end. Like he was trying to get first trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> this guy over here. We rehearsed so much for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and, and back to your trumpet, uh, the cartoonish. That harkens back to uh, the other cartoonish moment in this, uh, where Devastator bonked the Brontosaurus yeah. and his uh, eyeballs yeah, popped sludge. out of his head. It kind There's of, just a couple. Yeah. I, let's point those out as they come along. That's only the second one I can think of. Yeah, Is there another one. I'm a, that, those are the only two silly ones so far. Um, anyway, so uh, attempt is made again, and we know that the horns, for whatever reason, they got these guys didn't get the hint. <laughs> the, the, the Starscream didn't want the horns playing, and so in one magnificent shot, he blew all the horns. <laughs> Starscream just <laughs> right off, uh, uh, fucking uh, circumcises the trumpets. Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, um, so that after that single bolt, he is finally crowned. Placed upon his mm-hmm. head. This seems like an appropriate time, Caleb. You said you had some crown. It's a, it's a magnificent crown. It's pretty cool. That my my I'm I'm surprised that Megatron would have never just kind of worn this in general. Or did the Starscream decide? I think to have this crafted for his inaugural. He probably had Shockwave made it. <laughs> so like he's like he decided to have this made because he's. I think delusional. I think honestly, Starscream's very um, uh, he uh, insecure, sure. and so that's why he has the fucking cape, shoulder pads, yeah, and the, the addition of a crown, like to legitimize his it's, rule, yeah. ego, and insecurity. I get it. Megatron didn't need that no, it, shit. If it, yeah, it fits very well. Yeah, he, he, people yeah. were naturally drawn to yeah. Megatron's leadership. Mm-hmm. He had to fight for yeah. it, and there's probably. People out there that so this is that. so as far as we know this is probably a newer thing where Starscream's like I'm the king of the Decepticons <laughs> gets, a, gets a cloak and a and a and a, and a I just like how sort of these human cultural elements like yeah. crowns and fanfare of a, like mm-hmm. is, is adapted into so uh, uh, apparently now there's cloth on Cybertron for a cape 
It's Why a, not? He looks. I'll have to say, Starscream looks good in a yeah. uh, cape and, uh, yeah, and yeah. crown. And the masterpiece has the crown that yep. you have. Yeah, right. he's wearing it right now. I'll take a picture of it Sweet. and put it up for this episode. All right, so he's gotten crowned. And this is these drawings again. Yeah, we were just talking good. about it. He looks great. I mean, the drawings yeah. are great. This is a well. He looks fantastic. Uh, illustrated for his part. And uh, so he kind of lifts his arms in ceremony. He starts to give his uh, first speech as the new leader. And at this point, the crowd hears kind of a loud noise. It start, everybody's startled. And the crowd turns to see essentially a bright light approaching them at a very high velocity. We, mm-hmm. don't, know, we don't know what that is Who, It could be anything. It, we have another uh, view here of some of the uh, dairy uh, Decepticons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, more cool right statues. Right at the 33-minute mark very, here. They look very unusual mm-hmm. compared to what we've They're seen. They're much more rounded up. <laughs> some of them have got some tubs. I was going to say on, on the left of the <laughs> screen, the last one, the last guy on the row, uh, he seems to have like the a freshman twenty or <laughs> got yeah. a bit of a belly. He's been, well, yeah. really, all the guys on like that. They're the, not the, fit. The guy on the left and the two guys on the mm-hmm. right both have some well, paunch to them. Floro Dairy loves round characters like the Sharktacons. Um, true. He in designs. If you look him, look images of his up. He loves to do round edges. Unicron, mm-hmm. who is literally a sphere. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that takes us to the end of this minute. Yeah. Already. We've covered it. Shit. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Hey, I've got a little bit about uh, Leonard Nimoy. Let's do it. We already talked about how we felt as the switch up. Did you guys know? Since this is our Halloween episode. Did you know Leonard Nimoy was in some classic horror movies? I did know that. Um, Have you ever seen the 1954 movie Them? No, I have not. Uh, Yes. I didn't know he was in that, though. He's uncredited as an army sergeant. It's about giant ants. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that an MST3K movie? Mm -mm. Oh, okay. What year is that movie? 54. Oh, Jesus. That's really early. For him, yeah, yeah, he had to have been start just starting out. I think he was getting a lot of bit roles. I read a little bit about him. He uh, always, I mean, I think I think it seemed like he was trying to be a lead actor, and he got one lead role in a movie that was maybe supposed to be a big deal and ended up not being a big. Are you deal. talking about the T? Uh, it was a movie off of a novel. Uh, maybe, yeah. Uh, I'm blanking. I, I'm blanking on the name, but it's so funny because West and I were just watching a uh, YouTube video about that movie. Uh, last night, and I have no memory of what it was called. But uh, yeah, he he plays uh, someone called Mustafa, I think. Um, anyway, I'll put a, a trailer up on, on our episode Trailer's page. Right. He was also in a 1958 movie called The Brain Eaters. Have you seen that? I one? have not seen that one. His character was called Professor Cole. Yeah, he was in the 1978 yeah remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which I enjoy. Dr. David Kibner. Mm-hmm. I've never seen any of these movies. No, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, you never. Saw, oh, it's it's pretty good. It's like as remakes go, I like the '70s remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, it's classic Donald Sutherland doing his uh, Canadian best. <laughs> so, did you also know that uh, he? Well, I know you knew this. Sorry. So let me just. Who are you start talking over. to? Who knows this? Me, Ryan. <laughs> Ryan. Ryan knows. <laughs> okay. This. Did you know that uh, to be in film, Nimoy had to overcome an extremely thick Boston accent? Actually, I did not know that. Yeah. No. I'm trying to picture him with a thick Boston accent. I know. As a Vulcan. 
Oh man, do um, it. Uh, <laughs> do some Vulcan. Do some so, spot lines so, with a thick muscle. So so Nimoy, hey, Captain, uh, we're fucking, we take the ship uh, to the, we take the car to the park. The car to the park. That's just a go-to. Captain, Captain, we have to take the car to the park. <laughs> How do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> So let's also, what's speaking for, not forget his roles in Rod Serling's Night Gallery. Are you familiar yes, with that I show? Yes, I love that show. So uh, a macabre series that I believe came after Twilight. It was Zone. after. Mm-hmm. And he was also the so- the host of In Search Of. Which is great. Listeners, if you haven't seen In Search Of, there are tons of them in full up on YouTube. Go look it up. It is classic, like, 70s, early, like, 80s. Uh, looking for mysterious things, UFOs, Ooh. Loch Ness monster, Bigfoot—it's all bullshit. Is it like? But <laughs> is it like Beyond Bizarre? Have you ever heard of Beyond Bizarre? No. Beyond Bizarre. Are you talking about Beyond Belief? No, I'm talking about Beyond Bizarre. Aaron, why don't we completely throw a a, a big <laughs> break on this and look up Beyond Bizarre? Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Jay Robinson. Your host for Beyond Bizarre. The dictionary defines bizarre as an adjective, a word meaning deviating from the customary, conceived or done with no reference to reality or common sense. We're going to take a journey together and shake up the orderly progression of your lives to the gray area between the rational and unexplained. Where civilization and chaos are just a heartbeat away from each other. So be prepared. What you see and hear may be beyond your current experience. Now let me be your guide to the bizarre and beyond. I hate him. <laughs> oh, that animation is amazing. I think we should leave this in because I need to put like a trailer. <laughs> Just eyeballs. Um, it is like this, but much better. A ghostly apparition in the dark of night. What was it? And why did it come? event occurred on a still summer night in a main fishing village an event witnessed by the latest occupants of a house with a long history whoa yeah what about nazi plunder that's a, that's a real thing the bigfoot one the uh, ufo one and the Loch Ness monster oh, one are all classics I wa- yeah i do want to see this in the haunted castles did you know <laughs> That Nimoy came up with the concept of the Vulcan nerve pinch. I did know that. So the with the nerve pinch, it what was scripted was that he was going to knock somebody out with the butt of his phaser, and he basically felt that there was probably a more sophisticated way for somebody of his background mm-hmm. to be knocking somebody out. So 
He explained that to the director, and uh, he was like, hey, man, I went to the Vulcan Institute of Technology, man. I've studied human anatomy. That's a dead-on Nimoy impression. And uh, so he and Shatner went and worked on it a little bit, and Hmm. he credits Shatner kind of sticking up for him and working with him to get it right to uh, getting it in as part of the canon. It's of a I mean series. yeah, it makes sense like you never I don't think in the original series see him do fisticuffs. It's all I don't which remember. F- fits with like his character of uh, just stoic and like well, now you're unconscious. <laughs> it's a passive it's a it's a yes. It's a passive approach which I think is in line with Vulcan culture. Yeah, yeah, it works. So kudos Mr. Nimoy. Mhm. We can... I am the ghost of the iconic moment. <laughs> you know, you guys have an iconic moment. I do. Um, basic. I mean, I kind of just. I love Starscream's whole aesthetic, like the shoulder pads, the cape, the beefier arms and boobies. Um, I just, it, 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 I really enjoy it. That's what sticks to, with me from this scene. Caleb, did you have a? <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> I, I, it just sounds lame if I agree with you, but that's pretty. <laughs> well, much. you seem to like the crown a lot. I, I was, I, I was, I was hung up on his choice of ceremony garb. Mm-hmm. The crown being the garb is pretty great. Yeah. yeah, I think this scene here of the Decepticons flying away from Unicron at uh, thirty-two twenty-ish. Yeah, yeah, and I, just again a reminder of the scale of Unicron. Mm-hmm. Your kind of final connection between these characters before these guys go off and do their own thing and other stuff starts to happen but uh now made even better by the fact we realize galvatron is straight up just standing on the goddamn <laughs> ship that's pretty sweet <laughs> i would say that's pretty pretty damn iconic mm-hmm. <laughs> except that we never noticed it no. before no. <laughs> um hey guys yeah. you know what i think it's time for what the wiki 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 <laughs> <laughs> Uh, once again, I will get mine out of the way so we can get to the real, the real juice, the jet juice. Oh, that's not the ladies stop love right it. Stop right there. <laughs> so, in my version of the script, Unicron doesn't provide a ship. Um, <laughs> Mega, or Galvatron just hops in Cyclonus, who leads the fleet into the distant stars. And um, that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. And Galvatron <laughs> says, "I will rip open." Autobot after Autobot until the Matrix is yours, Unicron. So we're still operating. In my version of the script, he's not commanding them to destroy the Matrix. He's commanding them to go bring to bring him the is Matrix. Ripping, bring that shit back here. Is he ripping them open to look for it? Like, not in this Autobot. <laughs> not in this Autobot. Oh, man. When I mean, am I going to find the prize? Yeah. <laughs> the way we might open plastic Easter eggs? That's... Sure, or, or, or maybe a pinata. He's, he does. Uh, uh, Galvatron has a YouTube channel where he unboxes Autobots oh, yeah. right. for the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. It's very. My, common. my kids are really into the Toy Genie. Ever heard of the Toy Genie? No, I just know it's a huge thing. Oh, of like it's, unboxing videos is yeah, crazy. It, it is a thing. All right, please continue. There's no horn section for Starscream to blast, <laughs> and that's really it on mine. Um, mine is actually really similar to the movie because, of course, it takes place in the Hall of Heroes. Um, we start off with, um... So what's... Just, I'm sorry. Before you get into it. Yeah, catch us up on what happened last time. Uh, last time, uh, the 
life sparks of the uh, heroes of the Decepticons landed on a slab-like planet, which turns out to be Unicron's hand. Ingester. The mighty Ingester, yes. Uh, And um, he uh, offered the same thing, I'll remake you, and hey... Do this for me, and uh, Megatron accepts, and then he makes the. I mean, they do look in in the way they're described the same, like the Scourge, Cyclonus, all that stuff. And so at this point, we're now. He does also in mind. He does not give them a ship, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so they're just flying. Uh, Galvatron and his newly created force fly up and away with great speed. Galvatron's laughter echoing through space and merging with echoes and rumbles of Ingester's ghostly voice. As we cut to the Decepticon Hall of Heroes and Starscream. The hall is in shambles, several Decepticons lie in various stages of destruction, and Starscream stands in the center of a circular floor on a raised platform. So it's basically the same. He has a cloak on his shoulders and thrust and ramjet, both showing effects of a battering. Bow in front of him as Astral Train holds a huge crown over his head. It's exactly the same. It's mm-hmm. e- to the point where those same characters are doing that yeah. in this scene. Yep. Except... In the version we see on screen, the characters don't look as no, they're not battered. Up. Yeah, because there was Which no fight. Which they fighting. should, but yeah, they don't. Uh, then Starscream preening. Well, get on with the ceremony. Your future monarch is waiting. Mm. And uh, oh, and this is where there's a little deviation. Uh, St- Dirge intones rituals from an ancient book. His voice shows how he's not thrilled about any of this. So <laughs> it's an ancient Decepticon book. Book, yeah, like a Necronomicon yeah. of sorts. It, yeah, Fascinating. Dirge is just, <sighs> in accordance with ancient ritual. We, the Decepticons of Cybertron, herewith anoint and extol the noble Starscream and proclaim the uh, king. Until time ceases to flow, and Dirge and others react to eerie sounds and look up on a forget- annoying Starscream who petulantly shouts at them, Get on with it! Complete my investiture! This must be how John Roberts felt swearing in Donald Trump. <laughs> That's, oh man, yeah. That's <laughs> political. Uh, and then Starscream looks where others are looking and reacts, and this is... End of the scene, where it ends basically the same place our minute ends. Okay, oh man, I'm... I'm hoping that this doesn't get back on the rails. <laughs> yeah. I hope it stays nicely, dangerously off, off the rails. <laughs> uh, well, that is really it. Next episode, uh, one of our favorite sniveling sidekicks kicks the bucket. Mm-hmm. And that's really it. All right, everybody. Listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and tune in. Follow us on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All of them at APODDCast, and of course, visit our web presence at AutopodDecepticast.com, where we put all kinds of extra content. And if you're an iTunes user, we'd really appreciate a little rate and subscribe. Five stars would be excellent. Yes, hey, please. It's it's Halloween, guys. Mm-hmm. Happy Halloween. My favorite it's, holiday. It's, com- it's coming, and when you're listening to this now, Halloween is, what, a mere like two or three days away? Two, two days away. As you um, listen to this mm-hmm. now, Halloween If you're listening to it fresh... To an archive, yep. then you know whatever. And also, it's Halloween is Ryan's birthday. Well, that's right. To give him a birthday shout out on one of these social medias. How, it's my favorite holiday. I don't know if it's correlated with my the fact well, it's my birthday, but I it, far and away love it the most. Yeah, it's it's always a big deal around here because it's Ryan's birthday. He goes all out, and we really look forward to celebrating it. It's a close. It, the only the only close second, I guess, would be the Fourth of July for you. But, but without getting off track too much here, Ryan's gonna have a great. 
birthday party, and we're really looking I'm forward to it. I'm 40 this year, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. And we're going to have a roast. And maybe, you know, if you guys are interested, we'll put, uh, we're going to do, I'm going to shoot it, and we're going to record it. So, maybe, you roast. Know. If you have any roast-style jokes that you'd like us to deliver at the event. No, It'll I'm be too gonna, late, because uh, it comes uh, out the day gonna, after. I, oh, yeah, wait, don't it. submit them, because <laughs> I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Remember, this is part one of our special Halloween That's episode. Right. So, tune in next week, and uh, this will be after Halloween. But we still like to celebrate the spirit. We hey, marinate I, in you it. You know what? I keep Halloween in my heart every day of the year. We call that Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Bye, bye, bye. See ya. So we're thinking of posting this on uh, to see if I don't know if I don't know if Transformers fans overlap with Killer Mike fans. Uh, I had to ask West who that was. I was like, when I who saw the cares? Yeah, well, I want to I want to get beyond the Transformers. Uh, <clears throat> I love I love our Transformers fans, but it'd be nice to kind of to draw in some additional people into our thing. You know, maybe we'll. So how about I Photoshop our logo <laughs> on his shirt? <laughs> I'm sure and we'll post it. it. And I it'll just be like it's a joke. I would. Um, my thing is, I w- I'm serious. I would post it and not. S- but should we say not acknowledge it at our, all? Would say we're we're proud to have Killer at Killer Mike or whatever as fans of the podcast. No, because <laughs> then if he sees it, he's gonna be like, "Well, I'm sorry, fuck, I took dude? that picture with you, assholes." <laughs> I know, but maybe that would be funny, I mean, or maybe you'd think it was hilarious. I would I hope know. he would have a sense of humor about it, rather than I don't know, but he's he couldn't sue us, could he? No, uh, I don't think so. They're not making money off of it. If we were obviously being satirical or like funny, I don't think it would be a big if deal. If you were going to Photoshop anything, you'd have to make it really shitty so it's obvious it's not right. real. <laughs> right, right. That's a good point. So the, I would just put the picture up, honestly. But So here's the story real quick. So we were, uh, this is three days. Friday and Saturday were super, super hot. And you went to... This is eight Austin City Limits. Music Festival. Music Festival. <laughs> in, in the city of Austin. In Austin. Texas. Texas. The state I, of Texas. <laughs> where I was born. What? You were born in Austin? Yeah, I lived there until I was two. I didn't know that. And then um, I moved to Springfield. Oh, and, no. Uh, Hold on. I don't, I don't want to hear about your Killer Mike story. Brian, tell us more about being born <laughs> and, in Texas. And uh, then I... Oh, man. The stupid canned dad joke I used to use was, uh, I lived there until I was two and then moved to Springfield. And uh, then a year later, my parents followed that's, that's terrible. Wow. Um, well, who would you tell that to? I told it like twice, and it got that reception. Well, <laughs> so I never told it again. Uh, well, this one's off the set list. Yeah, that's, that's not in my so Was your dad five. working down there at the time, or what? My dad, yeah, he, I think was, I can't remember, my mom might have been going to college there. No, yeah. No, my dad went to college at, in, in uh, at, uh, SMS. Uh-huh. And then my mom must have been... I don't know, did honestly, they meet? how they... Did they they meet? did meet, I think, in, 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 Texas? in Texas. Yeah. No shit. Are they both from Missouri? My mom's from uh, Florida. And your dad? Is from Missouri. And your mom had moved from Florida to Texas at some point? Yeah, I guess I should probably ask about that. I'm real murky on the details. I never think to ask about shit like that. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize that you were born in Texas. So you lived there, and then they moved back... To like your dad moved back here, mm-hmm. and, and so Springfield brought the family back. And then we moved to Nixa like a couple months later, and uh-huh. and yeah, he Up was working a... for he was working for Montgomery Wards, I think. 
doing as what? A, uh, like a, a sales associate or uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he has like awards from like getting like top salesmen or whatever. And oh, I'm what sure. the weird thing is <coughs> back then, apparently they didn't want you using your real first name. But you used your real last name on your, Ward? on your name tag or whatever. So he went by Keith Jett, which is both of our middle Why names. Why would you do that? I don't know. No, I'm unclear. Real, I'm I'm sorry. This is a rabbit hole. That, so you're saying that cult, like the the work culture there, you didn't use your real first name, but you used your last name. Or I guess I don't know if it was on the name tag, but Keith Jett is on one of the awards that he got. So oh, even on his award, <laughs> it was the wrong name. It's weird. That's fucked up. It's, it's like saying we don't recognize your we re- true self. We recognize your persona, <laughs> your sales persona. Yeah, it That's, was before he worked for Poland Pro. Yeah, and there was an interim where he worked at a couple. That's really guy. weird. Okay. All right, sorry. Yep, no. That was... All right, Aaron. Back to Austin City Limits. You went City to Limits. Austin City Limits Music Festival, yeah. and as, as you are prone to do for year in and year out, and I will go back with you someday. Someday you're always invited. <laughs> huh. So, what so seems sincere. So, so tell me, yeah, I know. So, okay, let me set this up. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, three days of the event. Friday and Saturday were slated to be hot as balls. Sunday was really nice. So, Friday... Um, we went early in the day because uh, Jennifer's boyfriend, Derek, had a lot of bands he wanted to see. Because we were there all day, Melody almost had a heat stroke. She left early. She didn't finish. She went back to the hotel while Derek or the rest of us just stayed behind and watched it. But super hot. But we knew day two, we should not show up that early because we can't withstand the heat for that long. But Derek and Jennifer still went early. So Melody and I just went shopping. We found a little shopping district we'd never been to before in downtown Austin on 2nd Street. And we were just checking out little shops. And it got to the time where uh, where uh, it was about the time we wanted to go to the festival because Danny Brown was on at like 2 o'clock. I wanted to see Danny Brown. So yeah. I wanted to take a shit <laughs> before we no. got to the festival because nobody wants to take a shit. At a festival, and you're just, in a I mean, some body. people do, but it's a very specific kink. <laughs> yeah. And you're just the kind of guy that you, you just, I don't know why, but what Aaron's the kind of guy that taking a shit is. It's a, a thing. It's a thing. <laughs> oh well, and especially when you've been at one of these things, you're eating food that is different than you normally eat. You're, you've been drinking, so your constitution's all kind of fucked up, and you're trying to manage it with like Pepto and tums and like your whole stomach gastro so like me and ryan said it's a thing for you 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 kind of set yourself up for some kind of uh event so so i want to try and go before we go to the festival grounds and we find this (laughs) we find this little coffee shop and melody's like let's go in here certainly they've got a restroom you can duck into and maybe we'll get some coffee real quick okay so going to the coffee shop, I'm walking towards the bathrooms, and I see who I believe to be Killer Mike with his uh, with a woman and, a, and an older gentleman, and they're just hanging out talking. And I walk by them, and uh, Melody, I turn around, she's right behind me, she's going t- as well, and I go, "Is that Killer Mike?" She's like, "I don't know what Killer Mike looks like," <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm like 90% sure that that's Killer Mike." This is crazy. And uh, she's like, well, go talk to him. Go ask him. I'm like, no, I'm not going to bother him. And I got to go use the bathroom. (laughs) Did you mention who Killer Mike is? Oh, well, uh, I mean, Killer Mike, for those that don't know, is um, a long, been a rapper for over, well over a decade, maybe two decades. He's an Atlanta guy. He's been on tracks with OutKast. 
several solo albums, but he has a lot of notoriety. Notori- <laughs> he has a lot of notoriety right now for Run the Jewels with uh, super producer slash rapper LP. And that's what, and they were playing that festival, and that's they're why hot. they were in town. They're hot right now. They're a big deal. Even though Jennifer, my uh, my sister in law's daughter, referred to them as old people rap, which <laughs> that was offensive. Wow, God. But I don't, yeah, I know that wow. was really offensive. They're, but they're so cool. <clears throat> but they are so cool, and there was a lot of young people to What's, show. But anyway, so fuck. Back oh, to the coffee oh. shop. So I go into the restroom, which, by the way, was a. Um, um, a gender neutral bathroom situation, right? So men or women. There were two bathrooms. They both men or women could use either one of them. Nice. And uh, so this is a little side story. I go in and there's two stalls in there. Two stalls. No urinals. Two stalls. And so, but then there's a lock on the door. And I think, well, huh. am I supposed to lock? There's right. two stalls That's in here. I shouldn't lock. So I didn't lock the door. And I went in there. Business was done. Somebody came in. I swear I thought it was a standing urinator because I didn't hear the shuffleabouts of a sitting situation. And uh, and then that and it was fast. Uh-huh. And so I just thought it was a man in there. So I was wrapping up. And because if it was if I'd have known it was a woman, I would not have exited my <laughs> stall. I would have waited until honestly, either gender, I would have waited. I don't like <laughs> yeah. encountering. I don't like it. In, I don't like it in general. If I'm in like an office place with people I know, I don't want to make eye contact with people yeah. I know. But if it's people I don't know, I can say fuck it. Oh. But anyway, yeah, I, I usually try to strike up conversations. So <laughs> I hate people. Like, like, people people like, do that. People and I do, do that. that. It's so like, maddening. <laughs> you ever tried to shake someone's hand in a bathroom? I've. No, I don't. I just generally don't ever shake hands anyway. But do, do this sometime. You're wiping your hands. Do a wet high five. <laughs> a wet high five. So that it definitely splashes yeah. on their face. So anyway, I go out of the stall and it's like a young girl in her twenties, and obviously she wasn't didn't know what was going on. She goes, "Am I in the wrong bathroom?" And I go, uh, "No, it's it's either." And so anyway, I. I discredit the coffee shop because two holes is confusing. Look, if you got two holes, two holes, and they're both stalls, just make Bath- one man and make bathrooms. one woman. But anyway. but, uh. well, but also, no. Here's the thing: either put a lock on it or don't. Like if it's two, right, if there are that. two stalls, there shouldn't be a lock on the door. There should be one toilet yes. with a lock on the door. That's right. That's a real confusing anyway. uh, uh, thesis there. Anyway, yeah. yeah. So I get out of the bathroom and uh, Melody's already out and I go and meet her and we're around this corner and we're, we've basically agreed that it's like we're 90% sure it's Killer Mike and she's like, go talk to him, go talk to him, go talk to him. And I'm all shy and I'm like, oh, no, I don't want to disturb him. Artists and celebrities, they don't like to be disturbed. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that guy. And, uh, Did you and make her do it? <laughs> no, I didn't make it. No, she's just like, I'm going to go talk to him. And I'm like, no, don't. And, uh, <laughs> and so, and she's like, I'm going to. And I'm like, no, don't. Or just wait a minute. And I was like, I'm like, wait a minute. And I have this bottle of water. You're and yourself I went, up. I, so I went around a corner towards where the drink uh, soda fountains are to fill up my bottle of water. <laughs> and I put the cat back on, come around the corner. She's already over there <laughs> talking to them. Yeah. And so. So she, she broke the ice. She totally did. And then, and so I'm like, oh, now I'm definitely going to have to go and talk to them. Good for her. And so I walked over there and I was like, I'm shy, guys. I'm really sorry. And he was a sweet guy. He was like, hey, man, no, come on over here. He, like, hugs me and, like, does, like, a handshake hug thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he compliments the shirt. The shirt wasn't in. He goes, he goes, man, I love that shirt. That He's like, I, that's Ice Cube's my favorite rapper, man. 
And, uh, and you anyway, know, what's fucked up is you, whenever did you, you tell him that, 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 it, that it was, it was my shirt, <laughs> I should, I don't know. it's actually my friend, it's not Caleb. I but borrowed I, it, but I bought, but I bought it for him. And, but then and, I kind of just wore yeah, it. And that's, that's when Killer Mike stops talking to you. <laughs> um, I, uh, when you sent me that picture, I looked at it and I'm like, who am I supposed to know who that is? And then I'm like, wait, that's not. That's not Ice Cube, is it? And I'm like, maybe I just don't recognize him because he's smiling. And then I'm like, no, I can't be. So I had to show West, and she's like, oh, how's this? he met Killer Mike? And I'm like, yeah. that's I don't know who that is. <laughs> well, that's right. All right, so he's talking. He's- but anyway, so we talked. It was like a yeah, yeah. you know five minutes over there. We we didn't even ask for a picture. He goes, oh man, let's take a picture. And that's the, cool. there was two people. Uh, there were two people with him. So one was his wife. And she was very nice, so we, you know, it was introductions all around. And then there was a middle-aged gentleman, I wish I remembered his name, but he, he actually took the picture. Everybody was really nice, and to hear Melody tell it, she went up to him, and she goes, excuse me, are you Mike? <laughs> <laughs> and she'll say that, like, he could tell that she was, like, checking him out from a distance and was Mike? was smiling before she even walked up. Like, he, it's like he, he, knew. he sensed the fan's nerdery around him. But he was, a, oh, he cool was totally him. awesome. He was like, he's like, man, you got good hair. Uh, <laughs> to her. To you. me, to me. He goes, man, you got good hair. Um, you ever make it down to Atlanta? And I was like, Killer Mike's about to ask me to party with him. <laughs> <laughs> because of my cloth. <laughs> but okay. but he's like no he owns a bar he and his wife oh. own a barber shop in Atlanta and he's like come on down anytime man we'll do we'll get you going man okay and uh, huh. so he invited me to and I've done a little research since then and I don't apparently I think they're trying to open up a small chain of barber shops okay and I, they kicked it but he lives in Atlanta his family's in Atlanta but anyway so that was the Killer Mike story thanks yeah. to me needing to take a shit. Yeah, it finally paid off, and and actually, an artist I actually care about and respect and feel good about. So that's the Killer Mike story. That's great. Well, and we're we will. And he and he craziest part is he had an Autopod Decepticast T-shirt on. He knew about us. A T-shirt that mutually. Look at the picture online that we're posting. It's it's it's. It's crazy. Like, knew that I didn't even going? tell him who I was. I didn't even tell him I was oh, connected so he, with the podcast. He doesn't. He doesn't even know until he's. <laughs> Hopefully, someday I can meet like William Shatner because I had to throw up or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's that. You guys want to? Well, what's the name of Killer Mike's Barber Shop? Uh, it's called Swag Shop. It stands for Shave, Wash, and Groom. Nice. Cool. All right. There you go. Oh, I needed one of them shirts. It is a cool shirt. We're gonna name drop his barber. <laughs> maybe shop. instead of doing this fake thing where we uh, put our thing, maybe we just shout him out and say, "Hey, Killer Mike, we're big fans. Great to meet you." I, I think that's better. <laughs> they might get more more and lemonade if, out of that. It, yeah, and if we, <laughs> if if we mention squeeze. if we mention the thanks, if you even say thanks for complimenting my hair, or I'll definitely come down and get a haircut at your place right, at, at Swag, yeah. Atlanta. That whatever. might actually get some. He probably will uh, acknowledge that. If we are right. promoting, well, Melody already um, tagged him on her Facebook and Instagram posts. I don't know if he's seen or responds to that uh, shit, but uh, oh, at well. any rate, we'll we'll check it out.